Welcome to the Beauty and the Vlog Podcast. I'm your host, Erica Vieira. Join me as I interview YouTube superstars in the worlds of beauty, fashion, fitness, and lifestyle. I go in-depth with your favorite video vloggers and discuss their journeys to success and the struggles they encountered along the way. We go behind the scenes of the world of vlogging and talk about what works and what doesn't and what it takes to be a YouTube superstar. So sit back and prepare to learn, have fun, and be inspired. Let's go. Well, hello, everybody. Erica Vieira here, and I am so excited to bring you our featured guest today, Lexi Lombard. Well, Lexi just graduated from high school and has started her YouTube channel, Beauty Rush 315, back in 2009 when she was only 14 years old. After about a year, Lexi was able to turn her hobby into a viable business. She has almost 200,000 subscribers with over 15 million total video views. Having just graduated from high school, Lexi is currently planning her move to Los Angeles, California this fall to work alongside other YouTubers as well as expand her platform to brands and companies outside of video making. Well, Lexi, I have given our listeners just a little overview, so take a minute, tell us a little bit about you personally to get to know you a little bit better and give us an overview of your channel. All right. Hi, everybody. I'm Lexi. And like she just said, Erica told you that I'm on YouTube. And I've been doing that for the past four years and like a little bit just before high school. I love what I do. It's so much fun. It started off just as a hobby. Had no idea the possibilities it was going to bring me. But I still am pretty much like your average teen. Like I I went putt-putt with my friends yesterday. Like I cooked dinner with my mom. Like I'm not some celebrity and stuff. And I think that's the coolest part about YouTube is that you get to be relatable, but also get to have some of the perks of celebrities and things like that. So it's exciting. So I think it's really interesting that you decided to, after graduating from high school, you're deciding to actually move out. Where are you living now, actually? I'm in Virginia. I'm like probably about 45 minutes out of Washington, D.C. So you're moving from Virginia in the fall to L.A. to dedicate that to YouTube full-time? Basically, what I'm going to do is I'm going to do like some work for Seventeen and some other brands and things like that. Some of it's a little bit under wraps, so I can't reveal too much. But I applied to a bunch of different schools when I was a senior, and I got accepted into them. And what I did was I deferred my acceptances for up to one year. So all the colleges know that I'm already enrolled as a student, but I can be a freshman in the spring semester or just take the entire year off at things in LA go well, and then I can just be a freshman the upcoming fall. So I don't have to reapply to schools or anything, and I do have all intentions on going to school. However, I figured like being at my age and where YouTube is right now, it would be just a cool experience to get a lot of work and save a little bit of money so I can go to an out-of-state school and then be able to um, start my education a little bit later. Are you are the schools that you deferred application uh, deferred your enrollment to, are they in LA? No, but what I was thinking is that if I did decide that I really like California, I could apply to some California schools and apply mm-hmm. for state residency and then get um, in-state tuition, which would be very beneficial to my parents' wallets. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's ex- yeah. I'm in Los Angeles. I went to school here, and I know it's really expensive here. So what are you hoping to get out of your experience in L.A.? Um, I want to meet people that I wouldn't have the chance to in Virginia, and I want to have the exposure that I can also have with my location. I think it's a lot easier to connect with people when you're physically around the area where the business is. And it's difficult to just make, you know, a few trips a year out to California as opposed to just living right in the area. So that's what I'm most excited for as opposed to just um, 
actually, I mean, in addition to just the warm weather, I'm so excited for the lack of humidity mm -hmm. and just like that beautiful sunny weather that California is known for. <laughs> it is nice here. I, I don't have any complaints, but I've lived here my whole life. So I, we don't really, have, yeah, we don't have seasons. We don't have, I mean, here where I live near the beach, it's kind of the same all year long. So you're coming out to LA to California. And so what can you give us a little bit more specific in regards to what you'll be doing? Are you going to be still filming your own videos? Are you yeah. going to be filming with like sponsored videos? What What are some of the specific things? And this is just for the listeners out there because sure, sure. one of the things that's great about you is that you got started so young and a lot of our listeners, they're young as well, or maybe not as young as you, but, but they want to know how can they make it as a YouTube? How can they kind of be where you're at today? And that's why I like to get specifics from from the girls that we're talking to. Absolutely. So, so what is it exactly that you will be doing in LA specifically that maybe you can't do, you know, shooting your videos at home in Virginia? Okay, so in addition to just um, shooting my videos, I'll be able to get access to other networks that are directly like in Los Angeles and YouTube space and be able to film at their locations and in their studios. So I get effects and uh, camera capabilities and um, different amenities like that that I wouldn't be able to mm -hmm. get in Virginia. Um, also, I could work directly on set with brands and stuff. If I had a brand deal with a makeup company, I could go straight to their studios and I could do filming for them. And it's just a lot of easy access for brands as opposed to a lot of sponsorships that I currently get. Uh, companies will send me products to my house and I'll look at them and I'll see which ones I like and then I can incorporate the ones that I really like into videos. Whereas if I was in California, I could go to their headquarters. I could work with them to not only on my channel but on their platforms as well. Are there other YouTubers like yourself moving out to LA for that same purpose? Um, I'm sure there are. I know uh, um, Claudia, one of my friends, Beyond Beauty Star. Mm -hmm. um, I think Aspen was thinking about moving out there, Hot Brilliance as well. A few of my friends are going to school. Um, I've heard, I, I mean, it's just a, a personal decision if you want to just uh, continue just making videos or if you want to go out there. I know a few people are, but it's definitely not necessary. You can be a YouTuber and not live in LA. Like absolutely do not feel obligated to mm -hmm. just be like, hey mom, like I'm gonna start this new video hobby thing and I'm gonna move out to California and I'm gonna make it big. So don't think that you need to do it because you can make it big wherever you are. So let's go back a little bit. I, I wanna hear about when you were 14, how old are you now? I'm 18. You're 18. So four years ago when you were 14 years old and you came up with this brilliant idea of having a YouTube channel. First of all, I wanna know, where did you get the idea and inspiration from? And at the age of 14, I assume you must have had some help from your parents to get equipment and things like that. How did that whole process work? Take us back to that. It's funny, actually. Um, so the video process started from when I first got a MacBook for Christmas. And I remember my friend and I were just messing around. Like, we would watch, like, the YouTube music videos that were used to be super popular, like, little girls and, like, teen boys and stuff would just make at-home music videos to popular songs. And so I remember one night my friend was sleeping over and she's like, we should make a video. And I was like, yeah, definitely. And so we did a whole mashup to a bunch of the different songs that were on the radio at that time and just trying out iMovie for the first time. And then I just left it alone, like didn't touch it much anymore. I think my friends and I had a YouTube channel that we uploaded, you know, videos maybe like once every five months when mm -hmm. we just had a sleepover and decided to do that. But it wasn't until I was going into eighth grade or no, 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 going into high school that 
I decided I want to get into beauty and my mom doesn't wear makeup at all. Like I, I'm an only child. I don't have an older sister that's into it. My dad wouldn't be someone I would go to for beauty advice. No. And so I, no, no. That would be weird. <laughs> yeah. So I had no idea like anything about makeup or beauty. And I was like, I want to, you know, like wear makeup and stuff when I'm in high school. Cause I didn't even get like my first mascara until I was in eighth grade. And I know mm-hmm. a lot of people are wearing full face of makeup in sixth grade and things like that. So I was a little late. And so I Googled how to give yourself, I think a fancy pedicure. And this is just one weekend. Um, and the first result was a YouTube video. And so I clicked it and I was like, this is weird. Like, why did someone upload? Like, why did they film themselves doing this? And I looked and it had over 2 million views. And then, you know, next thing I know, I had spent the last like three hours just watching YouTube videos on beauty <laughs> things. And I was so enthralled with it. And I was like, mom, like, I want to make my own. These are so cool. And I think the next day I just woke up in the morning and I decided to film a makeup tutorial. And I think that night uh, I made one in my closet just like talking about different clothes and stuff I had. And I just made a bunch of them and just started uploading them. And then it just grew from there. Wow. And so when you first uploaded and filmed your videos, did you just use the, did you have a camera lying around or what did you use for that? (laughs) I just used the uh, photo booth on On your uh, on my computer. Yeah. And then did you learn how to edit or did you just plop them on there? Did you edit them at all? Oh, man, it was bad. Editing was something that I learned um, over time, definitely with practice. The only experience I had had with editing was that one music video that I did with my friend at that sleepover that I was earlier saying. Um, but I know for my first makeup tutorial, I didn't know anything about editing. And so I always knew that the videos I like to watch on makeup tutorials, the girl had her makeup on in the front of the mm-hmm. video and then she would edit it into um, like the intro, like the final look would be in the intro and then it would go to a clip of her with no makeup and then she would show you like start to finish. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that that was an editing thing and me being like the foolish little 14 year old I was. Oh, you did your makeup and then wash it off? Yeah, <laughs> on the screen I had a makeup remover and I took it all off and then I started from the beginning. Oh. So my editing has definitely improved since those <laughs> days. That's cute. Um, okay, so tell me about that feeling when you maybe hit your first 100,000 subscribers? Oh, man, that was crazy. I remember I was with um, my friends Patrick and my boyfriend Finley, and uh, I think Patrick logged on to my YouTube and was like, Lexi, like, you hit a 100,000. Like, you did it. Like, I was like, what? Like, what? And just screaming and just being so excited. We were all just dancing around his room, just so, so, so excited. Like, we were just hanging out. It wasn't mm-hmm. anything special going on, and it – it's just every single number. I remember having 12 subscribers and being just as excited as I was about those 12 as I was about the 100,000. Mm-hmm. And I think all the numbers become relative as they increase, but they're still just as exciting as the other. But it's it's cool to think about it. I know people use the example all the time, just trying to picture all their subscribers in a room. Mm-hmm. And it's when you put it that way, it's it's almost it's unbelievable. Yeah, it is. It's really incredible, especially in the YouTube space. I think it's really interesting with beauty vloggers because, you know, a hundred thousand, I mean, you have 200 something thousand subscribers. I just talked to somebody earlier who has, you know, 300 something thousand and, you know, they have half a million and that's, I mean, that's a lot, a lot of exposure and a lot of eyes on you, especially as a young 17 or 18 year old, or even whenever you're 16, 17, how, how has that been having that kind of exposure and maybe having, you know, feedback from people all over the world? How how do you handle that? I don't think I ever really realized how big of, um, of an impact or how much exposure, exposure I actually have. Um, it's something, like I said, as the numbers increase, they become sort of relative where, you know, 
I don't really see just looking or hearing like 100,000 versus 200,000. They both sound like a lot mm-hmm, to me. Mm-hmm. But the difference between 100,000 and zero is an enormous difference. Yeah. So when I think of me hitting almost 200, I'm like, I, I, it really hasn't occurred to me that that is really like doubling the amount of subscribers that I was at a year ago. And um, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't really think about the numbers too much. I just think about the comments and like the individual people that I get to talk to. And I think that's where my, um, where I start to recognize the exposure when I can have someone who tweets me like, Hey, I like tried your new recipe that I saw in your video and they're from, you know, Spain. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. Oh, that's crazy that you saw my video and we would have had no other connection if it wasn't for my videos. Yeah. So one of the, you know, one of the things here that we like to get into a little bit at Beauty in the Vlog is, the idea of failure because along the journey of success there always lies an element of struggle or an element of failure it you can't have success without that absolutely so share a time when maybe you when you failed and what you learned from that and how you moved on from that um well just for like a recent example um, I actually uploaded a video about me getting my wisdom teeth out mm-hmm. and it's, it's super goofy. I recommend you watching it. It's just okay. like so funny being on the laughing gas and everything. And it was probably about like an, a nine minute long video and I uploaded it and I was getting all this great feedback. And then I look and I've only uploaded three minutes to the video and I don't know what happened. There was some sort of technical error and I was really upset with myself because some of the best clips were towards the ending of it. And I was mm. like, I can't just upload a part two to this. I can't. I can't just upload this and be like, hey, sorry, guys, I forgot the other part because I wouldn't get as many views. I wouldn't get as many clicks like that wouldn't work. And so just different things that you have to learn over time just from making videos. I decided that I was going to upload another video and then make it almost like a contest thing. Be like, you guys really like that video? Well, if you do this, you know, like get me to this number of subscribers or, you know, help me reach this number on Twitter, then I can upload exclusive bonus clips from that video (laughs) and I can upload that. And so it's just like different things like that where what could have been a failure in my eyes just Mm -hmm. messing up on something ended up being a cool, exciting opportunity for my subscribers to see and that's that just smart. a short example. <laughs> yeah, that was smart. That was smart. Um, so in addition to failures or times when you messed up, I mean, it's great because it seems like you have a really good attitude about it. Like, oh, my God, I messed up, but let me let me figure something else out, which is great, which is, I think, really important in any industry, but especially this. You can't take yourself too seriously. And I think that's why I, I, don't, I don't take it seriously at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do. I feel bad saying that, but I know some people take YouTube so seriously. They take every single negative comment to heart. They take every single video that didn't get very good reviews or enough thumbs up or something that really starts to bother them. But I think because in my eyes, I started as a hobby. It's been very difficult for me to get out of that mindset that this isn't a hobby and that this is a business. And when I go to events and things, I do realize that this is a business and I do realize all the potential that this has. Mm -hmm. But keeping it in the eyes of a hobby and just something that I really like to do. I do it for myself. And so when things aren't going too well, like as long as I enjoyed what I'm doing, then I can keep my head up. Yeah, I think it's a good attitude to have. I think because you're young, you're really young. And you have that kind of energy and you have, you know, such a huge future ahead of you that it's it's nice to have that positivity. So, um, you know, at some point in your journey, a light bulb came on and you said, aha, like, oh my God, this is what I meant to do. This is it. I'm so happy I decided to make YouTube videos. Recall that time and maybe the events surrounding that. I think 
Okay, it was January 11th, 2011, and it was when I got the email Wine from 11, Google 11. saying they were. <laughs> yeah, I know, crazy. Good date, good date. It's easy to remember. Yeah. Um, I got the email from Google saying they'd want to start a partnership, and my mom was like, What? Lexi, put that down. Do not give them any information. That's a scam. You don't want that. And I was like, no, I think this is real, Mom. Like, really, I do. And she's like, there's no way that you would ever be able to make money from YouTube. Like, that's just a thing that you like to do. And I was like, no, I have friends who, they get money from it, too. And um, after looking into it more and just telling her that this this is the real deal, I think that's when my mom realized that there was potential in this and that this could become something more than just a hobby. Mm-hmm. And having my parents realize that made me realize that. And I think that was the turning point, knowing that my parents supported me in making mm-hmm. this into a job. Because I never had a job in high school. This was my my job, but mm-hmm. I loved every minute of it. I mean, it's work, but but it's fun. And that's when the light bulb clicked that I could be doing something that I love and then get paid for it. Explain to the listeners like what exactly that means to be reached out by Google for a partnership. It's so crazy. I mean, it's so crazy that my mom didn't believe it. Like that's mm-hmm. how yeah. unbelievable. It is. <laughs> and um I think it's a little bit um more difficult now because at I think I had about 10,000 maybe 20,000 subscribers when Mm -hmm. I got that email. And I think anyone can make money off of YouTube now with their new policy. I'm not sure what the partnership entails anymore. Um, However, it used to be you had to have X amount of subscribers or X amount of views and or, you know, upload videos somewhat consistently for them to reach out to you. And um, knowing that Google almost believed in me enough, I mean, they did enough to reach out to me Mm -hmm. that that made it seem possible. And can you rephrase the question? So what exactly does that mean then? So does it mean, it sounds like you kind of alluded to it. So at that point, it means that then you can start making money from your videos? Yeah, that, okay. that's what it means. So prior to that, you were not making any money? No. Okay. That's so, the difference. So then you're at 10, 20,000 subscribers and then you get paid on every single view, every single subscriber. How does that kind of work? They give you a certain amount of money per thousand views um, in addition to those annoying ads that you'll see at the vid- beginning mm-hmm. of videos that you're like, click to skip now, and you're like, yes, all right, now start <laughs> start in the video, mm-hmm. and you get money for that. Similar to how commercials pay for television programs, the ads pay for the Google um, and YouTube videos, and um, content creators can get money through that. And does that increase, say, that you've been on YouTube longer, or maybe you have more subscribers, does like the percentage that you make increase over time, or is it always the same, and you just get more just the more views you have? I think it's mostly about views. I wouldn't know too much about the finances behind it because I now am part of a network and so I get paid through them as opposed to my checks used to come through Google mm-hmm. and now they come through uh, Style, Style Hall because I'm part of their network. Mm. And then when did Style Hall reach out to you? Um, that wasn't my manager found that. Okay. Um, she... I think had friends or like she was a part of style hall, something along those lines. And so she found the network for me because I was a part of her management and she wanted me to be a part of that network. So that's how that worked out. That wasn't something I did on my own. I was network shopping for a while, um, probably a year or two ago. And I decided against it. I wanted to be an independent um, YouTuber and just stick with Google because that's what I knew and that's what I liked and I trusted it. Um, But since making the change, I think it was like a a somewhat positive change. Like I have um, no complaints really about it, but it's just another way to get money. Yeah, and that and so why would you go sell hall versus being independent do, doing Google? Um, there's a lot of reasons why people choose networks. It's you don't have to. It's definitely not a uh, necessity, but 
um, it's kind of a network of team. It's very difficult to get in contact with Google. It's it's such a large thing. Like to to think that um, you have to think of it like this is my job in the sense of what I'm talking about finances. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're at a job and you want to contact your boss, I wouldn't know how to do that because technically I am my own boss. But if I really wanted to contact someone for help, it would I guess have to be Google, and that's very difficult to reach yeah. out to. <laughs> you're like, um, how do I reach out to <laughs> Google? So if you're part of a network, then you have a team of people who know the business and you can contact them for help. And Got so it's it. just kind of like that middleman that has um, connections to YouTube and Google and also connections to you. Got it. And so you mentioned manager. How did you get a manager? Oh, that that's probably like the funniest thing to talk about <laughs> to people like around my friends like, wait, you're, you're like an agent? Like, oh, that sounds so much fancier than it is. Uh, well, you're moving to L.A., to so you'll be one of the many people that has an agent out here in L.A. Yeah, so. yeah, I'll just fit in <laughs> with everybody else. That's how it goes. Um, she reached out to me through email, um, part of Melrose and Park. Mm-hmm. Or I don't wait. I don't know if I can say that on here. That's okay. Um, yeah, I'm part of a management team, and she reached out to me saying that uh, someone else that she had managed watched my videos, and she saw my channel and was like, all right, like if you need an agent, like I'm here to manage you, and that I think has been one of the most beneficial things about um, the different like networks and um, things like that because I ha- she has connections to brands that I wouldn't be able to get um, connected to if they didn't see my videos personally. She could be like, "Hey, you know, Neutrogena, like look at this girl," or "Hey, mm-hmm. Clean and Clear, like look at this girl." And that's something that if I just emailed Clean and Clear on my own, I wouldn't be able to do that. So Got it. that's pretty cool. That is great, and it's really exciting to be able to see somebody like yourself and some of the other girls that we've been talking to that can have a viable business from having YouTube, YouTube videos. Yeah, it's crazy. It's so new and talking to parents and things like that about it, they just don't understand. And Mm -hmm. it's like, I I don't even know if I truly understand because it's such a new business that no one's really done before. Like the idea of this being someone's career for the rest of their life or at least for a good amount of time is is hard for a lot of people to fathom, but it's definitely real. Like people are making their their lives and their jobs around YouTube. Yeah, it is. It's and it and you need and it it goes to show too that you need help. It can't just be you. You have to have an agent. You have to have things out there if you're going to have a real a business. It, it's hard to do everything completely on your own. Mm-hmm. It becomes a business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It becomes more than just uploading videos for fun. And I still love uploading videos for fun. That's still why I do it. I wouldn't be a part of this if I didn't. Yeah, yeah. All right, so. Next question, what is the one thing that's really exciting you right now about your channel specifically? I think the fact that I am moving out there because I'm going to be surrounded by people who do exactly what I do and that's only going to motivate me to work so much harder. I think sometimes when I get into a rut, I see the people around me, you know, going off to school or doing things like pretty normal to our region in our area and what I do is so not normal and so Sometimes when no one else is doing it, it's hard to just like motivate yourself mm-hmm. to work harder on this thing because it's so unrelatable. But being out there, I know that my videos are going to be so much better. I'm going to be able to work with other YouTubers, do collabs, have people that a lot of my subscribers love to watch on my own channel and like maybe be on someone else's channel. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just going to be exciting, just as much excitement for them as it is for me. And what is exciting you about the world of beauty vlogging in general? How big it's getting is, I don't know, it's kind of bittersweet. I miss the whole, like, being able to get on my photo booth and just say whatever I want for 10 minutes and upload it and have, like, 
you know, a few people watch it, whereas that would never fly these days. Like, yeah. you would have to be, like, some huge celebrity or something to get away with a 10-minute MacBook quality video. <laughs> but I'm excited for the connections that we have and the the platform that we've created and, like, the amount of people that we can connect to around the world. And um, I, I think people are doing, like, world tours now and stuff, and, like, yeah. meetups are um, happening a lot more often now, whereas... When I first started, you would have to set up a meetup yourself. Like you would just have to be like, "Hey guys, I'm going to be at the mall this weekend, so you should come too." <laughs> come to the Sephora. And, exactly, and, and which is so much fun because then like a few people would show up, and it wasn't super professional, but it is nice to have like things be organized. And I think the big beauty community gets things organized, and that's nice. Yeah, it seems like there's more and more of those events happening um, in specifically in the in the beauty YouTube community. Yeah, BeautyCon's coming up mm-hmm. uh, here in LA. of August, and I'll be at that. And so that's the next beauty convention I'll, I'll be a part of, and I'm excited for that. And I was just at the VidCon, which was here in LA also. Oh, I didn't get to go to that. Yeah, and that was the first time that I, I've been to. There's something else here in LA called Generation Beauty, which oh, is... Oh, I went to that last year. I spoke on the panel or on the... I spoke at a workshop. Oh, yeah, I was there the last two years, and it's a lot of fun, and that's specific to the beauty youtubers yeah vidcon was everybody and it was so crazy for me to see in person like i had a few interviews with different um you know beauty vloggers like yourself and just the sheer volume of people that were there and and just like almost like they were these mini celebrities it was really crazy and they would be followed and even like chased and people i mean everyone was really fun and no one was you know out of line but it just was like so much energy and excitement for all of these they are the new celebrities. Yeah. I feel like the younger generation is paying attention more to them than, you know, to a lot of like movie stars and Kim stuff. Kim Kardashian, yeah. <laughs> maybe. They yeah, got that new game not. out. <laughs> um, all right, Lexi. So we've reached my favorite part of the episode and it's called the beauty bonus round. So I am going to shoot out a bunch of questions to you and you just need to answer them like rapid fire. Okay. Got it. All right. Game one. So the first question is what are your three Holy grail beauty items? Mm, uh, tinted moisturizer, liquid eyeliner, uh, mascara. Okay. You got to get specific though. Specific products. Okay, L'Oreal Linear Intense Felt Tip Eyeliner. I love that one. That's a yeah, great it's one. So it's a great it drugstore. So yeah, cheap and really effective. Then you have Their Real Mascara by Benefit and Tarte's BB Cream. Got it. So Tarte's BB Cream, Benefit, Their Real Mascara. Okay, and for those of you listening and watching, if you don't know, a Holy Grail item is basically like your best end-all be-all beauty product. Can't live without, must-have. Yep, must-have. Okay, up next, what are your top two technology must-haves? My MacBook Pro, it is my baby. I love it to death. (laughs) And um, my Polaroid camera. Polaroid camera. Yeah. Interesting. They're fun. Oh, my gosh. What do you do with your Polaroid camera? That's the first time anyone said that. I got it before it was cool, so that's fun because I got it for so cheap at Walmart. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just a fun thing to keep in your purse. I keep it in my car. Um, when you're going on a little adventure, you don't necessarily want to bring your phone with you because that's no fun. Sometimes it's nice to be with that technology, but you can get some killer pictures that are one of a kind you can hold in your hand, and that's fun to go back into the day when you had to get pictures developed. Yep, I do remember that. So what do you do with those? Do, do you do anything with them with your channel, with Instagram, or anything like that? or? Oh, sometimes you got to bring it to technology and show it off. So you'll take a picture of it with your iPhone yeah. um, and then upload it. A lot of people do that. 
but I hang them up around my door mm-hmm. and it's a cute little thing. Or I'll give them to my friends. I have actually one um, in the back of my phone case right here. Oh, that's cute. All right, up next, who is your biggest beauty vlogger inspiration? Ooh, uh, Andrea's Choice. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's great. Um, next up, what do you wish you knew when you first started your channel? How to edit. Oh, how did you learn how to edit? Practice so much time, sometimes YouTubing tutorials, um, asking friends, trial and error, so much trial and error. Mm -hmm. That's all I can pretty much pin it down to. How many videos did you do once you felt like you were a pro? Ah, let's see. Um, well, when I first started is when I made the most videos before I was even remotely, and not that I would call myself a pro, but like mm-hmm. when I was, you know, negative professional, if that's even a thing that you could say, I would just rapid fire make videos and I would just want to upload them all in one day, but I would space them out like every couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Now it takes so much longer to edit a video now that I know what I'm doing. Funny how that happens, yeah. but I just have become such a perfectionist and I'll spend, you know, like a week or two just trying to edit a video. Really? Uh, yeah. How long does it take on average to edit one video? Um, probably like upwards of like six to eight hours. <laughs> yeah, that's what it seems like. That's the, the consensus. Yeah, it takes a long time. And yeah. when I'm, um, you know, I have plans for the night and my friends are like, all right, like, come on, like, we got to go out. I'm like, oh, yeah, I've just been editing this video. And like, yeah, you said that early this morning. And I'm like, oh, I guess I've been doing this all day long. So I'll put it down and I'll try the next day. And then, you know, next thing you know, you've been spending 10 hours on a video. But it's worth it. So, yeah. So you you spend all that time to edit a video and then you get ready and then you upload it. What do you do when you upload it? Do you sit there waiting to see how many likes you get, how many comments, how many people watch it? Like, Oh, that is the most exciting part. Probably my favorite part about YouTube altogether is just like clicking upload and like the second that it, it goes live. And then what I do is I, I shut my computer down. I just, I close it or I'll just like leave the room. I go do something else because I know that if I just sit right there, I'm going to be refreshing and refreshing yeah, and yeah. refreshing. And so I give it maybe about 10 minutes and then I go back and I start reading the comments and I just get so excited and I just start replying to them. There's certain videos where I think I've responded to every single comment just because I get so excited about them. <laughs> and I think the fans really like that. Yeah, they do. I've gotten a lot of comments being like, you're... I just wish everybody was as interactive as you. And I know a lot of people are, you know, so much more interactive than I am. But it just gets me so excited to know that someone took not only the time out of their day just to watch my video, but the time out of their day to watch it and then give me a comment. Mm -hmm. And the comments that always make me laugh are the ones that are like, does anyone know where she got that shirt? Or does anyone know what her favorite food is? And it's like, I don't know if you understand, but I read through all of these. You can just ask me straight away. It just, it makes me feel a little funny thing that they don't think I'm going to read them, but I read every single one. Really? Every single comment of every single video, you read it? Um, I watch, when I upload a video, I will read all the comments um, every single day up until I upload my next video. Mm -hmm. And then usually I don't go back and read comments. I'm just always um, looking at the recent videos comments, Mm -hmm. but I read all of those up until the upload of the next one. So it takes a lot of time. I mean, it takes a lot of time to video and then edit and then be interactive with your fans. And yeah, (laughs) it does. It takes a lot of time, but it's fun. I think talking to subscribers is the least amount of work. I think the work part of YouTube would be the, um, the emails and like the things that go along with that and just Mm -hmm. like checking things. But I mean, just talking on Twitter and Instagram and, um, YouTube comments, that's all fun. That's just all cool things to do. You said a little bit earlier that like a year ago you had about 100,000 subscribers and now you're reaching out almost 200,000. So you grew almost $100,000 in one year. 
How did you increase your subscriber base so quickly? I don't know because I don't think of it. I thought it was really slow. I thought this was my slow year and I've been Mm -hmm. talking to my manager about like why I'm in such a rut and how I can get out of it and things. And um, so I guess just because it's been a year and that's a very, very long time in YouTube time. Yeah. a lot of people can grow that much in, you know, the the matter of two months or so. So I think it's all kind of in, um, it's unique to the individual, how fast your subscribers growth is and um, how updated your content is. And I think if you want to grow your channel, then you need to keep your content updated. You need to keep like your videos popular. You need to keep them like things that people are currently interested in. And I think when people are in slumps like me, it's because they're stuck in the old ways of YouTube. And it's such a quickly changing business Mm. that if you're not going to move with it, then you're just going to get left behind. So in my eyes, I thought it was slow, but it it's nice to know that you don't think so. <laughs> so if you think you're slow, then what, what is your goal then? What's your goal for your next, the next year? Obviously, you, you're going to be coming out to LA, but do you set personal goals for your channel and your business? I'm trying to hit 500000 by this time next year. Oh, okay. That would be my goal. So we'll look back and uh, see in a year from now if you're at 500000 We'll say a million. So then if I hit 500000 <laughs> it'll, <laughs> it'll seem like, oh, that should have happened. <laughs> you overpromise and underdeliver. No, that, I want to no, over, 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 under promise and over deliver. Yes, yes. Under promise and over deliver. That's what you need to do. Yes. Well, it sounds like you'll probably be doing it in LA. I mean, you're going to be having other opportunities that will hopefully expose you to other things. And I'm assuming kind of going back to the LA thing, I'm assuming you got a lot of that through your agent, right? Yeah. Okay. She helped me a lot with that. Um, a lot of it was, uh, yeah, she helped me a lot with yeah. it. <laughs> How many subscribers did you have when you were approached by your agent? Oh, I don't remember. I have no idea. We'll say I'm making this number in the dark, 50,000. Okay. So it was less than 100,000. Maybe I was 100. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I think it was around I matched last year. We'll say April last year. So I was probably like. Oh, then maybe I was at 100,000. I I don't know. <laughs> okay, got it. And so what, in your opinion, matters more? Is it this number of subscribers or the total views you have? I would rather have more views than subscribers mm. um, because if my subscribers are more than my views, that means not all of my subscribers are watching my videos. Mm. But if I have more views than subscribers, that means all of my subscribers are watching my videos in addition to other people, which would be really exciting. But it's not about the... The number of subscribers, it's about the quality of the subscribers. And I think that I have, you know, ones that are just really dedicated to watching my videos and ones that I love talking to and things like that. And I wouldn't trade them for higher views any day. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. All right. So last but not least, um, well, a couple last questions. What do you wish you knew? When, oh, you already told me uh, to edit. What piece of advice would you give someone else who's looking to start their own channel? I would say pick anything that you're interested in and work as hard as you possibly can on that interest and just show it off to the world. Because if it's something that you're truly and confidently interested in, then other people are going to feel the exact same way. Got it. Well, Lexi, I have truly enjoyed listening to your journey. And thank you so much for all the stories you shared, how candid you were. And I think you are an inspiration for young girls everywhere. So thank you so much for sharing your story. It was awesome talking to you. Yeah. Well, give, give our listeners one parting piece of guidance Tell everyone where they can find you if they don't know you already, and then we'll say goodbye. 
All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. And it, Eric, it's been great being on your show. I really enjoyed my time. And if I could give one piece of advice, just like closing words, it's just to take the time that you have and just really enjoy what you're doing right now and know that um, the future is like ahead. But if there's something that you're interested in, like start doing it now. Like there's no point in waiting. I was 14 when I started making videos and a lot of people were like, no, like I'll, I'll wait till later. You know, sometimes people have passions and they'll just do it later in life. Start now because you don't know where it's going to take you when you would have originally wanted to start. Well, that's good advice. So where can everyone find you? Um, Lexi Lombard on YouTube, on Twitter, and Instagram, L-E-X-I-E. I have that E on the end of Lexi. <laughs> you guys yeah. have to make sure you spell it correctly. I know you don't Absolutely. like it. Absolutely. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lexi. Well, thank you so much. Absolutely. Have an awesome, super great day. Yay. Bye. All right. Bye. Well, that's it. That's our interview, and thank you so much for joining us here. Once again, I am your host, Erica Vieira. And for all show notes and videos and more goodies, make sure you go to the Beauty and the Vlog website at beautyandthevlog.com and check out our Instagram and Twitter and Facebook at Beauty and the Vlog. Thanks so much, guys. Mwah. <laughs>